Okay, hi, welcome to another episode of the Fox Tales. My name is Ivo, and in the today episode, I'm very excited to introduce you US producer Xander. We're actually releasing the episode on the actual release date of his new album, Bliss. In our conversation, which is about 40 minutes, we talk about the record, the creative process, and the marketing behind it. We also cover topics like his early music memories and how he started making music in general, plus working with artists like Meek Mill. Lastly, we get to talk about building following ship and the usage of social media, and most importantly, the importance of record labels and collaboration in today's music world. Before I leave you to our conversation, a reminder, if you like what we're listening to, we would love if you can share our podcast with friends or give us a positive rating on a platform of choice, which help us fight the good fight with the algorithm and rank higher and get heard by more people, I guess. So right now I'm going to leave you with uh, the episode and I hope you enjoy it. excited to talk to you uh, just a few weeks before your upcoming album but before anything how was your day where do i find you now yeah i'm in boston it's raining um but uh yeah still in boston i've been in boston my whole life uh but yeah today's a gloomy day you know i'm gonna work on some lo-fi beats right after this so <laughs> awesome actually fun fact i i used to live uh, near boston for uh, six months on the Cape Cod, if you yeah. know it, you should yeah. know it. Yeah. Are you from Boston, Boston, or somewhere? I'm from uh, uh, Grafton, Massachusetts. So it's about about 40 minutes away from the city of Boston. But I live, right now I live in Boston. I moved here in March, uh, last March. Okay. So. Uh, Was it because of, of music or? Yeah, I just wanted to change the scenery. I, I always loved the city of Boston and I wanted to be close to it. But I was like, I found a nice spot for a great deal in the city. And I was like, hell yeah. So I, I moved out here and uh, yeah, it's been cool uh, making music out here. It's been really cool. There's not really much of a lo-fi scene or like a beat scene out here or just music mm-hmm. culture is not like, it's not huge out here, which is unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it's growing, uh, but it's not huge. So whenever I want to go to like a musical scene or like somewhere with more culture, I go to New York. I'm in New York maybe oh man like almost every weekend so yeah yeah there's a lot well first it's not so far and also there's a lot of going on i I guess in the u.s new york and la are two of the hubs for at least for beat makers from what i'm I'm getting as a as a european i guess but that's the sense i'm I'm getting um how 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 would you for let's say imagine somebody hasn't listened to your music how would you describe it my music uh there's like I mean, everybody describes my music as just the simple beats genre. That's, you know, when everybody, anybody uh, comes up to me and asks, like, hey, are you the person that makes lo-fi beats? Like somebody in Utah, like, recognized who I was, which was cool. And uh, they're like, oh, you're, you made Thinking Spot, that lo-fi beat. I was like, yes. So everybody kind of <laughs> describes my genre simply as lo-fi beats, but I don't really describe it like that. I mean, especially like the new stuff that I'm releasing is more so jazz beats. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I've been collaborating with Elijah Fox, which is like a really amazing jazz pianist and does other stuff as well. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I would describe my music as like alternative jazz hop mixed with a little bit of like soul. It's yeah, like it's it's got a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's uh, it. Uh, I I I heard about you. I think a year ago, maybe maybe a bit more. But as I as somebody who's listening to a lot of beats. I would definitely not uh, not describe it as just lo-fi. I guess with ears, as as time goes by, for me it's getting a bit more difficult to f- actually love lo-fi or instrumental hip hop. So you were one of the people last year, especially. I was like, okay, I'm really obsessed with your beats or instrumentals, and I definitely feel it's yeah, de- a lot more jazzier than lo-fi and with a lot more so. So lo-fi is uh, under. Uh, understatement, I would say. <laughs> I think it's a, a bit more complex than the traditional lo-fi music, I would say. So we, we connected a few weeks ago um, after I featured your latest track, Complete, which features actually an alter ego of uh, Elijah Fox, right? Yeah, I, I really fell in love with the beat. Uh, it has this very as jazzy but kind of groovy feeling, but at the same time it's very chilled. Um, so the beat is part of something that's coming up soon. Maybe you can share a bit more about... Uh, like the new project that's coming yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the last single of the project, I've been releasing that this Bliss album single by single. And the last single, it's actually called Bliss. But then, but also the album is called Bliss. Mm-hmm. So the whole album drops on January 26th. But there's one more single that's has, that's not out yet. That is featuring Elijah Fox, also known as Soren Sostrom. I'm really excited about that one. I think that's one of the better ones of the projects. Uh, and that was like the second one that me and Elijah ever made. And yeah, it's I'm really excited. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing, a lot of stuff for the album. There's a lot of talks about what we're going to try to do for the album, such as push it. Mm-hmm. And, um, shout out to to Rod from Dash Go. <laughs> Rod is amazing. <laughs> yeah, putting shout out my out stuff. Rod. and 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 uh really helping me there and also shout out to benny uh who's been also helping me uh push this album to get it where it needs to be yeah they've been talking about doing some great stuff like we're gonna do vinyl Mm -hmm. um for the album and then there's some interviews that i will be doing that i I can't announce yet but i'm I'm pretty excited about that and then i'm going to be doing a, a beat breakdown of one of the songs so uh yeah i'll like show my my session uh, so anybody that any producers on here that are interested in getting to know my music a little bit more and how it's made uh stay tuned for that that's that's coming soon as well but yeah there's a lot of stuff that is coming and i'm very excited this is a dope album and i'm very proud of it so yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to it man uh before we we go to a bit more about the marketing part which i'm sure a lot of people who listen will will be curious did you create the album like um in last year and you're slowly rolling out or it's more like you're making the music on the go and then um you more approach like single by single until you feel ready for an album to to be released what is your what is your approach for bliss so there's a there was a few singles that were already done um and then after that i just started cooking up as i go okay um so yeah there was like I would say like 60% of those songs I was just cooking up as I go and then releasing them like four or three, four weeks later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think honestly 
that's the best way I can make an album is just like cooking up the song. Well, the instrumentals, it's so easy to do that. I, I, I'm sure for like pop music and stuff that has vocals, it's a, like everything has to just be done and ready to go. But with instrumentals, like I feel like it's just so easy to just pump them out as you release an album. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my process of doing it. I just kind of like making beats on the go. I like to have like a little foundation, maybe like one or three songs ready. Okay. And then I'll just base the rest of the beats on those three songs. I think the first single I really heard, but not sorry. And that was like a start to my jazz journey uh, mm-hmm. with beats. And uh, and then I made a couple other ones that sounded like that. And yeah, I just kept going, moving mm-hmm. forward and making more beats and releasing them. So, yeah. Did you have a concept of how many, can you share actually how many are going to be in the album or it's too early? Um, actually, this the podcast is probably going to go either on the day of the release because now we are recording a few days before or um, maybe a bit after so i guess you can share yeah 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 i guess so um yeah th- i think there's 11 i think there's okay. 11 or 12 i don't remember uh but 11 or 12 i think mm-hmm. yeah do, do you do you think it's i mean that's pretty much the formula everybody follows these days releasing singles and then the album very rarely I would see a beat maker, especially in the beat in the community, to drop everything at once. Like, is it really, really important? Did you see like a growth? Um, when was your release cycle starting? Like summer last year, right? Was yeah. Whenever sorry but not sorry was dropped. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I don't remember if that was released in 2021 or 2020. I think it was 2021. I don't think I had enough songs to drop. Um, like I don't think this the singles were released in the span of two yeah, years. Yeah, twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Was with with Blue Wednesday. Yes, yeah. With Blue Wednesday. He was a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that one that one got released and then the next one, I forget which one it was. Uh oh man, I forget. Was it Alarm Clock? I don't remember. I think so, actually, because that one came out like last year, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay, maybe it was Alarm Clock with Chris Mazzara. Shout out Chris Mazzara too. He's an amazing bass player and, and instrumentalist. So it's more it's more like stuff you start making, you enjoy the, the let's say the more jazzier sofo sound, and then they kind of naturally, I guess, fit into combining them into album. That's what I'm getting. Yes. Yes. It's not so, like, okay, I start today and then this is gonna be like this in a year. Yeah, yeah. It was more so just like for me it was like I don't I, I had an idea where I wanted to take the album, but I still wasn't fully confident where I wanted to take it until like single like four. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I think it was, I think it was clocks that I was just like, all right, I want to take the album in like this direction, which was like live sounding drums and like piano and then like, you know, everything almost sounding like extremely live so I could like play it, you know, yeah. at venues with a band. And I was like, yeah, I think that's where I want to take this album. It's like really live sounding. And yeah, I was, that's where I took it. Let me know what you guys think when you hear it, if I did a good job, <laughs> but, but yeah. Do you, um, you play instruments, right? Like you play guitar, mm-hmm. you play drums. Do you play, like, what, what do you play? Yeah, I played, I started off with drums um, and then I got into guitar and then I got a little bit into piano. I'm not amazing at it. Um, that's why I usually hit up Elijah. He sends me the most insane <laughs> stuff. But all my like lo-fi girl stuff, I usually play piano on that because they're just mm-hmm. like you know simple, really chill chords. But anything that's like more complex, like this album, I usually hit up like either Elijah or 
um, or Chris Mazzara was also really good at piano. Um, mm -hmm. uh, piano, guitar, bass, drums. Um, if you were to play the album, I assume you would play perform the album live. What mm -hmm. would you play? Like, would you play a specific instrument or switch or? Yeah, I would probably, I'd probably be the drum guy. That's like my number one instrument. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, the mic grooves are like complete that song that was all recorded live. Uh, those awesome, drums are completely I... live. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and uh, I feel like those grooves are super wonky and weird. And I feel like, uh, I mean, I could get somebody to play those kind of grooves, but I'd rather just do it. And um, I feel like it'd be really fun to just play those live on a drum set. So I'd probably be the drum guy. <laughs> in, um, in a scene that's getting or is saturated, to say the least, uh, which is the lo-fi scene. Do you think playing instruments stands out? Like, does it make a difference? Is that like, is that what makes certain people really stand out and basically pop out from the crowd? Like, if somebody's looking, like, let's say, thinking to starting making beats and they are still in the early of the journey, would you recommend picking up an instrument early on, or it's not like a prerequisite for being successful let's say yeah um i feel like in the lo-fi community it doesn't it doesn't really matter like if you if you if you are a drum person and you program drums and that's your thing like that's fine um but like obviously like when it comes to it, i mean there's you know there's some people out there that really care about like oh i want to make all the royalties and all that stuff and like i, I want to do everything so in terms of that sure like you know if you want to make all the royalties then yeah it's it's important to know how to play an instrument and all that stuff but if it's like if you want to just like collaborate and make friends and like make some good music and bring new ideas to the table then like you don't have to learn how to play all these instruments uh it doesn't matter i think i think if you really want to stand out in the lo-fi community you like the music just has to be really really good i feel like and and just you know different than you know what everybody else is making because you know a lot of lo-fi you know sounds sounds kind of the same so <laughs> in my opinion uh i think i think a lot of people are sharing that opinion yeah uh, and there is some that like there is definitely a lot of people who stand out or either are being consistent with being great or are kind of experimenting with the sound i'm not gonna share names right now but of course a lot of the stuff do sound similar so that's why i was asking about the instrument because i feel um because i've been following the scene for almost 10 years now and a lot of the people also from the early days are actually instrumentalists like ian ewing who is a drummer um i think blue wednesday is a guitar guitar player as well elijah is a, a pianist and, and you're playing drums so i feel a lot of people are actually I don't have like statistical information, but I feel a lot of people who really popped up the last few years are kind of standing out because they play instrument. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's the feeling I have. Yeah, I think playing an instrument in lo-fi is, is 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 great. I think if you know how to play an instrument, like it it's it gives you a advantage in this scene because um, mm -hmm. you know um, for me at least like. If I was just a drum guy and I, 
I was depending on somebody else to write a melody. Like it would drive me nuts. So uh, I mean, <laughs> because I'm like, oh, I want to lay something down right now, but then other people would be like, oh, I can't until like next week. You know what I mean? And then you're just yeah, like yeah, sitting yeah. with that drum loop on your computer. For me, I like to work fast, and I'm like, I always want to at least have an idea. I'm not the greatest at piano, but like I'll lay something down at least. So I think it is an advantage to learn how to play an instrument, but you know, I also think that it's great to collaborate with others and bring fresh ideas to the table. My music would definitely not be where it's at right now if I wasn't collaborating with other people, and that was something that I was super against in the in the beginning of all of this because I was like, really, yeah, I was, I, I was just like so driven to just like be a solo, just me artist and just do everything myself. Um, and that was in like 2018, that was a long time ago, but I was like, oh, I wanna just not involve anybody. I just really wanna like build my own sound and, and, and just focus on the music by myself. But then I started collaborating with singers and that, you know, um, got my name a little out there. And then I started collaborating with other producers and uh, they brought ideas to the table that I never would have thought of. And I was like, all right, well, I got to do this more. <laughs> so I started doing it more and more in like 2019. And then, you know, now I almost every song is a, is a collaborative thing. I don't really do a lot of solo stuff because everybody's just like so the people that I work with are so talented. They're just so good. And why would I refuse that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I was going to ask you, actually, how do you how do you select the, the collaborators for the album? Like, was it more like a, this guy's super cool or this guy's really talented or is like a mix? Um, is it more, and also is it, is it sometimes just even a strategic like a decision? Like, okay, this guy has his audience, I have my audience. Maybe if we can collaborate, we can, each of us get something out, of, like uh, get exposed to new people. Like how is the decision process of picking up a collaborator for you? That is. Well, uh blue wednesday he's uh that was the first single off the project uh i knew him from like chill hop days and stuff um and we were working for a long time and uh i always really dig his chords and so he just sent me some stuff and then i i made a beat out of that and uh it was like one loop that i was that really caught my ear and uh yeah we we just we just had a uh a relationship from the chill hop days and mm -hmm. we were just always working Chris Mazura, I, I met him at a chill hop writing camp and he played the guitar and I was like, dang, wow. He was insane. He was, he's so good at the guitar. Uh, probably one of the best guitar players I've ever met. Um, and I was like, we got to work. We got to do something together. <laughs> and then I was in New York and I, I saw on his Instagram that he lives in Brooklyn and I hit him up and we had a session at his house, at his apartment. And uh, yeah, we... we came up with alarm clock and um yeah it's it's a uh, smash and i love that song i love uh the bass that he does and the, and the mm -hmm. chords is just so good um usually One when it comes beats, I would say. oh thank you yeah, yeah man i love it thank <laughs> you so much yeah when it comes to picking collaborators i feel like yes one you have to be extremely talented like for me like i have to like really dig what you're doing and mm -hmm. just like you know enjoy the music that you're putting out as well but also i i think an important thing for me is also do i like vibe with you as a as a human as a person <laughs> you know what i mean like do i do i do we connect a little bit on a just a personal level other than mm -hmm. just like a business standpoint um 
and thankfully, fortunately too, that I've all this all these people that I collaborated on with Bliss, I they're like some of my you know great friends now. Um, Do you know them in person, like all of them, or? I've met I've met Chris, I've met Blue, uh, I've only talked to Elijah Fox on Facetime and mm -hmm. Zoom. I've, I haven't met Elijah yet, but we're setting that up. Um, he's probably gonna come out to New York, and I'm gonna be there while he's there. And also, we plan on doing a couple shows for the Bliss album too. So uh, I forgot to mention that. Um, probably in New York and, and LA, and maybe Germany. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So let me know about Germany. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> but yeah, all these people are like my good friends, I would say. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that. Nice, man. Sometimes you see like a few circles in the in the scene, people who are collaborating with each other, like rather frequently and like a few different circles. Like I think Desh and Delaney, for example, out of Netherlands work a lot. Like I guess the whole chill hop music community, which are in Rotterdam, are close collaborators. Um, there's a bunch of people in the U.S. as well, so it's pretty cool to see that. You you mentioned Two Hop Writing Camp. Uh, who organized that? Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, so there was a show in New York City that I performed uh, that Chill Hop through. It was ah uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It's, there. it's Two Hop. Two Hop. Two Hop. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kyle Kyle McAvoy. Uh, he put it together um, in Woodstock, New York. It was a it was a bunch of people there. Uh, biocratic uh mm -hmm. that's how you say his name uh Ian, yeah. yeah one Ian of the ogs hey um who else was there uh soul food horns was there chris Mazzaro was there uh a bunch of people there was so many people it was like a huge airbnb that they rented out and uh built like studios in every room it was really cool um and yeah I, i've been telling kyle to throw another one um that they were really, it was really fun had a great time Man, it's really cool for the people like who are over there. For us, sometimes it's a bit far away. Uh, yeah. Just, but yeah, Kyle is a great guy as well. Too many cool people you mentioned, man, in this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess it's very, very different once you connect in uh, in real life, and it's much easier to to collaborate. Mm -hmm. I just pick up the vibe of the person. Mm -hmm. Super, man. We're gonna we're gonna pick this up uh, and the energy once the album comes out in a, in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Sp you also collaborated, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I think so. I saw it. You you work with XXYYXX? Yeah. Yeah, we worked Man. together. He had uh, this one track maybe fuck, forever ago uh, about you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love his one. music. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, we collaborated. I think that was 2020. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I forget how we met. I think he DM'd me on Instagram or something like that and was telling me that he loved like one of my beats. And uh, I was like, dude, I'm a huge fan of you. Uh, and he was like, yo, let's work on something. And then I had that idea settle sitting on my computer for a little bit. And I was like, this could be cool if you added some production on it. Mm -hmm. And um, he did. Uh, and he sent it back and I was like, dang, this is sick. Uh, he, he's a really talented producer. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I re remember him uh, way back in the day, uh, like 2017. He was like releasing a bunch of flips and stuff. And yeah, he's he's great. I love his stuff. I still love his stuff. I still listen to it. And uh, 
yeah, I'm really thankful that I got to collaborate with him. I need to check out his latest uh, his latest stuff. Really cool, man. Like, I mean, seems like it's a great year. Was a great year for you, and uh, this one is obviously is gonna be even even more awesome with the album dropping, and you have tracks which have like one, two, five million streams and stuff like that. But if we have to take it back, like, how did you start making music, and uh, did you have anyone who were like help who was helping you or you were looking up to, like way before? All of that happened. Anybody that I, I mean, before I was making beats, wow, what was that? I, I think I, I think music was always a part of my life. Uh, like I was a drum drummer when I was, I started drumming when I was like ten or something like that. Um, and my cousin, I'm never gonna forget this. He brought a really like cheap drum set from like Walmart or something like that, and he <laughs> brought it for me uh, for Christmas. Uh, and I didn't play it like a regular drummer. I put the bass drum on the floor and hit it with the sticks. And then I put okay. the snare on the floor <laughs> and then I hit it with the sticks and I had a little cymbal. It was, it was really funny. Uh, my mom has pictures of it. She shows me it like once a year. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I think music was a part of my life for a long time. I don't think, I think I always wanted to pursue music. I just didn't really know how to. And then I started listening to... David Guetta in like sixth grade, he was like, his song with Akon, I was just so, I love that beat so much. I don't know what it was. It was like a house beat. And I was like, I love this beat. And then uh, I started to, you know, I looked up on YouTube how to make a David Guetta beat. And then everybody was using FL Studio. Mm -hmm. And I downloaded FL Studio and I was trash. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like, reading a, a different language uh i just i didn't had no idea what to do and so i took a little break and this was when i was like 14 or something like that uh or how old was i in sixth grade i don't even remember it was like 13 or something like i don't remember should be around that age yeah yeah and then i remember like eighth grade or something like that i picked it up again because i listened to uh rock and roll by skrillex and okay. Skrillex, yeah, Skrillex is still my day one. Like, he's not, a, I don't know him personally, I wish I did, but he's like my number one inspiration. I know that's so weird because I make like jazz lo fi beats, <laughs> but I also make EDM. I just never put it out. But, uh, okay. yeah, he's like been my number one inspiration forever because he is just, he knows how to make everything and he does everything so well. Yeah, I started listening to him and then I picked back up. FL Studio, and then I started just going at it. I learned, I looked up tutorials, this and that, and then I started making hip hop beats, trap beats. I started releasing tight beats on YouTube, mm -hmm. like Mac Miller tight beats, uh, and then I released a Meek Mill tight beat, and that one blew up on uh, the internet. It's called the Intro. It has like I don't know over a million views. I think it's still on there. Um, was that the first time you're like, wow, like yeah, seeing that it, number? Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, whoa. Uh, I didn't even think the beat was that good, to be honest. I, was like, I didn't expect <laughs> that. And then my brother got involved with producing. My brother, Nick Paps, uh, he's my blood brother. And uh, we still work to this day, but uh, he posted um, a beat that we did on Instagram and tagged Meek Mill. And then Meek Mill's A&R found us. And then uh, we started working with Meek Mill since 2019. Uh, we did the intro for championships together, and then my brother did a couple other ones, um, and then actually I didn't know this, uh, even though I did research you obviously for this podcast. Is yeah. that why you have the 
the GOAT certified producer and, yeah. uh, and yeah. the people are not going to see this because it's just going to be audio, but um, beside, behind uh, Xander on the wall, there is like a, what's the word for this? Plaque? Yeah, it's a plaque. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's where you got it from. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty mental. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy. Uh, we're, uh, you know, me and my brother still work together. We still do a lot mm-hmm. for Meek. We're like Meek Mills in-house producers. Uh, and yeah, we've been working with Meek ever since championships album um was that a time you you knew or you decided you're gonna be doing like that's gonna be your your job basically like yeah uh i did one record that went gold like this uh i don't know how quick it went gold but it went gold pretty quick and it was called chariot uh with cowboy meek mill young thug little dirk uh mm-hmm. And I got my first BMI check and it was a lot of money. And I was like, all right, yep, I'm doing music for a living. <laughs> so I was working at Urban Outfitters at the time too. I was just okay. trying to, you know, make minimum wage. And as soon as I got my first BMI check, I quit that job. I literally walked up to the manager because I did not like my manager at all at that store. <laughs> she was always harassing me, like telling me I was doing stuff wrong. And I was like, I was like, oh, one day I'm going to hand it to you. And so <laughs> I went up to her after I got my first BMI check. I literally was on my phone like during break. And I saw that and I went up to her and I was like, I'm quitting. I'm out of here. <laughs> and she's like, you still got clothes to fold. And I'm like, I, I'm not doing that. I'm out. I took my stuff and I walked out of the out of the store. It was it was quite a day. And they called me. They're like, oh, so you're fired. I'm like, I already quit. <laughs> <laughs> So I imagine, yeah, cool man. Such a fun, really cool, really really cool story. It, and I love having like talking to people. And even though you read some stuff on the internet, it's just so diff- different when you have a conversation. But I imagine after you quit, then then you have a lot more time. And I I speak with artists who are working stuff on the side, and very often the problem is you're pretty much drained after the nine to five to have like that yeah. creative juice to to make music. So I guess after that, for you it was like just spiraling out into whatever is today yeah yeah definitely had a lot more time to focus on production and then you know i started listening to lo-fi and then you mm-hmm. know 2019 is when i released my first lo-fi album found memories and uh and then i just kept doing it so yeah it was great logical question because i think a lot of people in the space are struggling with this and i think let me check again, but I think you have 10,000 followers, 13,000 followers. I was close. A lot of people in the space are struggling with, they see big numbers in terms of streams, I guess, but it's very, very difficult to beat follow following ship. Do you have like, how did you, how did you basically build your, your community and followers? Was it even before you start doing lo-fi? Do you have any advice for people in general who are, trying to build especially followers on spotify yeah i i think it's important to have a brand like a marketing brand because uh, there's like a lot of lo-fi artists that or just not even lo-fi artists it's just a lot of artists in general that don't yeah. have like a steady brand um and like you know i think it's important to release cohesive like artwork pieces um and uh for me, I always use Jim Spenlove. Shout out to Jim Spenlove. He's amazing at what he does. I'm um, going to link him in the description. Yeah, he's amazing. He does all my artwork. He didn't do the Bliss one, but he does 
he he's done like almost everyone before the uh, the Bliss album, mm-hmm. and uh, he's amazing. I try to stick with him every single time I do artwork. I think it's important to have like a theme for your artwork and stick with it. For me, it's like my white jumpsuit character, um, and uh, that old my character. It's me in a white jumpsuit, and I've been sticking with that for a long time now. So I think it's important to have a brand so people can, you know, when they look at your artwork or like a or something like on a release radar, they're like, oh, okay, this is like a Xander release or something because mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. tell by the artwork. Um, so I think it's important to have like a, a brand going um, and also like, you know, be active on social media and, you know, post about your music and, you know, even pay for ads and mm-hmm. uh, market yourself like that and yeah just push yourself as much as possible independently um and yeah uh, you know your following will grow eventually um and keep releasing music as well does uh the social mu- uh, media comes naturally to you or you actually make an effort because i know some people are like oh it's very easy and others are actually super committed and but kind of struggling with just being on there and posting regularly yeah, honestly, I'm not so great at it. Uh, I, social media, I've had, I have a love and hate relationship with social media, um, just because like, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's just too many things. Like sometimes I'd be looking at my screen and I'm like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling for like an hour. I'm like, I just wasted my time. What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. And, and um, so I try to only go on social media when I want to post something on my story or like post something on my feed like i don't really try and like i mean i you know i look at like my friends stories and see what they're up you know what they're doing and stuff and mm-hmm. you know support my friends on social media but i try not to scroll on there for more than like 10 minutes or five minutes honestly uh yeah i've i've had a love-hate relationship with social media i try to stay as active as i can to connect with everybody that follows me but sometimes i'm like i, I just want to uh, take a break from it and just focus on my music and, and make music and then when I have stuff to show you and share with everybody I'll come back and mm-hmm. and um, and let you guys know what's going on do, do you get support for like say social media and I guess more but let's first talk about social media from let's say the labels you're working with which kind of I want to circle back to to the album because you mentioned your marketing plan and stuff you're going to do do you get support from the labels you work with especially about that or it's more like whatever you feel like posting and stuff like that um do i get support like like ideation brainstorming like hey today you should post about this yada yada oh um uh, with lo-fi girl when i work with them they always provide content for me to like post whenever Mm -hmm. i have like an ep release or an album release um but when I'm doing like independent stuff, uh, I usually try to, I, I you know build my own content and mm-hmm. I like film videos on my SP four hundred four and uh, you know I try to like push the release like that because I know a lot of people that follow me love my SP videos. Um, yeah, yeah. So anything independently, I kind of you know try to come up with some strategies myself. But when it comes to releasing with a label, they always like provide content for me to post. And then they sometimes come up with ideas like it would be dope if you like filmed like a live performance video of the song mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so, yeah, sometimes they when I'm working with a label, they they always like provide content for me to post. But then independent stuff like I always try to um, come up with my own ideas and, and stuff like that to push the release. 
you work with two hop um i guess now this one is with effortless yeah this one was with effortless audio um which is uh ran by benny um mm -hmm. so yeah shout out to effortless shout out uh do you do you as an artist what should an artist look for in a label especially these days like do you have an advice things to look for in a label is you know if they have a good reputation mm -hmm. if the artists that they've worked with um say only good things about them uh i know some labels i've contacted some of my friends that have worked with them and you know what their feedback is mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah if that's important if they have a good reputation and if they actually provide work for you and like you know uh opportunities yeah i think that's like the three main things to look for in a label if you know they have a good rep you know if they bring good work and if they bring you good opportunities to the table and mm -hmm. actually push your music and actually want to see you succeed you know what i mean because there's a lot of labels out there that just release your music and don't do anything <laughs> um so unfortunately yes sometimes some labels have a bad rep i guess or but funny enough people i see people I, I, obviously because we are a label and i talk to people a lot and sometimes i hear about such labels but then Funny enough, I see the art, the artists who have spoken about the label, like they didn't do much, blah blah, and then they go back and release with them again. <laughs> so yeah. it's a, it's a funny it's a funny scene, man. Uh, yeah, I have the, to, to the lo-fi scene is very. Uh, there's so many labels. There's so many labels. I've yeah. never seen a, a genre with so many labels, but yeah, especially in this scene, you just got to really be careful, like who you release music with, because mm -hmm. there's some labels out there that I personally worked with where I was just like, what? How is that even possible? Uh, but yeah, just um, you know, pay attention to those three things. I would say, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I would like to believe that the the good ones will stay on, because a lot mm -hmm. of people come and go and pop up and then disappear after a few years. Yeah. So let's see. Well, well let's see what is the scene like in twenty years uh, when we have right. gray hair and stuff like that. But right. <laughs> yeah, I, I really try to get this episode uh, either on the probably on the album or the day after album is dropped. If you can. Let's say I'm getting the album now as a listener and you can put me in a specific situation where I, I need to experience the album. Where or what would that be? Like a setting or That's even a can be even a, even a location that you like. Like, okay, you go there and listen to this 11 beats. That's a good question. Um, whenever I listen to my projects like um, by myself, it's always in the car at nighttime like last last night i was driving to go pick up food and it was raining outside and it was night and i was like this is perfect time to experience my album let me play uh bliss which is the <laughs> new track with soren sostrom coming out mm -hmm. um it was a vibe i was like <laughs> wow it's like the most like it's it's a quintessential beat for like a like a nighttime rainy night uh rainy night with like a little bit of thunder mm -hmm. uh, it was just it just hit the heart and the soul man it was so good i loved it it made me like like the song even more but if you were to listen to all of the beats um yeah i would say a drive okay. a drive like a long drive somewhere um would be like the best scene or the best scenario to to listen to the project i'll do that on the weekend and it yeah. usually it rains here around that time of the year so <laughs> hopefully yeah. it's gonna be a good match Let's awesome. Go. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm for super excited about the album. 
And uh, yeah, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. Uh, hopefully we do a follow-up a year maybe later or something like that. Yeah. Which actually, actually, bring, sorry, before we go, because the album is essentially done and you're going to go doing the marketing live. What is, what is next for you after the album drops? And that's yeah. how it's finished. Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, me and Elijah are doing a lot more. We're starting an alias called Fell Galaxy, which is we're dropping a single uh, on that alias on February 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the name? It's called Felt Galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's more so like super chill beats that we've made and kind of stuff to kind of just like, you know, that Space typical out. local. Yeah, it's like very spacey, um, but it's like stuff that you can maybe sleep to, honestly. It's really <laughs> chill. Like okay. what Elijah played on it was extremely ambient and beautiful and uh it's amazing what he did on that on this project and i'm really excited to show everybody that and then i'm also working on another album with elijah that is a lot more upbeat than anything i've ever done and uh i'm excited about that one i'm very excited about that one i think that's some of my best work i've ever done um and i have not even announced that yet but I'm announcing it, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm very excited about it. It's amazing. Uh, a lot of the music is almost like, a lot of the music is already done, mm-hmm. um, and it's some of the best work I've ever done. And Elijah uh, is obviously he's amazing, and I'm so thankful that he provided me with his talent. So, yeah. Cool, man. Then when this album blows up, people will go back years from now and be like, "Oh, the first time this was announced was on the podcast." <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> awesome cool man thank you so much for this for this conversation and uh, you, we're gonna man. catch up soon yeah 100% 100% that was my conversation with Xander and I hope you enjoyed it a quick reminder the album Blisco comes out today and I hope you like it as much as I did I do hope you enjoy our conversation and a quick reminder you can follow us on Instagram at wearestereofox or just check our website, stereofox.com. Or alternatively, just type Fox Tales on Stereofox on Google and just find your way to us. I hope we'll have a new episode for you in a few weeks. Until then, if you haven't checked our previous record uh, episodes, you can do it and talk to you soon.